<laughs> and they're here they're here for Capitol Hill Block Party. They're a band. They met each other at Berkeley Music of the Arts. Correct. Berkeley College Music. Oh, well that oh, same thing. Same thing. I was close. Um they have I could be wrong with this too, but I think you guys have five projects together. You have one collab project also. So I consider it five projects together. Your latest project is called My mm-hmm. Friend Mika. Yeah, my Mika. friend Mika. Mm-hmm. Mika. Th- there we go. And uh, today, you've done enough interviews where I don't feel like you guys have to cover like the, your background as much. And I'd like to to focus on your take on the music industry, being here for in yeah. Seattle for a Capitol Hill Block Party, and uh, what it's like to be in a band that's openly part of the LGBTQ plus yeah, community. Sure. So uh, I'm here with Hi. India. Hello. And, <laughs> and uh, I think we nailed it. There's just so much technology going on. Also, we're at my new studio. So uh, welcome, guys. So is this your guys' first time here in uh, is, yeah, Yeah, first time. Though we're, we're huge Twilight fans, so it's we feel like we've been dream. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this has been years in the making. Um, and yeah, no, when we, when we flew in, we were looking at the mountains. We're like... Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, literally, I, that song was playing the whole time in the back of my head, looking for like no, Edward and Bella up to the, the Twilight trees. soundtrack on my way here. So <laughs> it's fine. I don't think I've ever watched like all the movies together. You I've got it. Movies. Okay, that's like worth your time. I say I'm Team Edward because that's my. That's fair. Name. That's, that's fair. I feel like that's the popular right? but, opinion. But that's he's, he's the, the vampire. vampire actually, yeah. Right? I don't. I think I want to be a. Fucking werewolf, right? It's hard. Neither I of them are great options. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier for today. For yeah. a partner, but I feel like I <laughs> grew up Team Edward, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And I, w- oh, God, this this gets me. I was Team Edward growing up, <laughs> and then I reread the books um last year, and I was like, jeez, I feel like uh, there's a lot of ways she only likes him because he's a vampire. 
and she has like a better personal connection to Jacob. Yeah, they're, I feel they like have they more get fun together. Better. They get yeah, each like other. Yeah, like they can hang out. I feel like once the surprise of Edward being a vampire is gone, that relationship's going to change a little bit. Um, I mean, but she, she I don't think she likes Jacob in that in the way that he wants her to. So that's why I just can't be team Jacob. No, he was like in love with her like <laughs> future child, right? <laughs> they both live forever or no? I think, yeah. I think they do. Yeah, as long yeah. as Jacob continues no. to become a werewolf, right? Like or he just like ages more slowly, right? No, I thought like when he transforms, like if, as long as there's like a vampire around, he'll keep, he'll keep staying the same age, right? As soon as he stops morphing, isn't that when they start to die off or like age more? Or what if there's like a a volcano volcanic eruption? You know, where like the clouds, this clouds like covered in yeah. smog, <laughs> like you can't see the moon or the sun. I think, right. so I think what it's do you easier do for uh, werewolves to die, but vampires are like basically indestructible unless you light them on fire. In the Twilight world, you, you have to rip, rip them apart, them apart and, and then light them on fire. You rip them apart, start a fire. So you can go, you can go surfing them. with them or something. You could be in the sun. They, they just, they sparkle. Yeah, they'll just like sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> which is so fruity. I think Fifty Shades of Grey is like based yes. on that. Yes. <laughs> but they don't <laughs> sparkle in Fifty Shades of Grey, unfortunately. There we go. So is this your guys' first tour as well? Or have you guys been on tour? We've been on one tour before. Our first tour was last may um with remo drive and that was like our first time ever touring um this will be our first like music fest like festival situation so um we did one in savannah georgia and it was a little more unconventional so i feel like this will be more of our like first like actual music festival which is very exciting what do you mean by what do you mean by like it was in like an abandoned um rail train yard yeah so (laughs) this stage was like in an abandoned like i don't know yeah it was some building warehouse warehouse with trains in it yeah so i think this will be more like in my head how i imagined what a music festival to be you know what i mean but i still loved the abandoned train yard situation just um yeah i'm excited for this Mm -hmm. And how did it come together? You guys come into Seattle for this tour. <laughs> That's a great I, question. I don't know. I think, our, our I think agents. Yeah, we got booked for the got festival, us. and they asked us if we wanted to come. We said yes. Said, we really, really do want to come. Like yeah, to yeah, come yeah. to Seattle, <laughs> if only to see Charlie XCX perform. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll come. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, everyone gets tickets right if you're performing. Right. I yeah. Hope that's yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think we get to go to all three days of the festival, hey. which we're like. Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> so for for hip hop, I don't know if it's as popular for it to be like a tour stop mm-hmm. Seattle, but as a band, do you guys feel like this is a place that you need to come to tour? Yeah, sure. definitely. We we're haven't been here yet. So this no. is our first time performing here. And then we're going on tour in September and we're also stopping here again. So um yeah, excited. I feel like I've always really wanted to play here. So I mean it's such a rich history <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nirvana, right? yeah, yeah, no, yeah there's like a, a ton people. of stuff that happened here I'm like, shit this must be it's kind of the place history. it's a rich history <laughs> of music yeah. <laughs> i'm still trying to figure it out myself yeah all right. you, you guys like i only started listening to nirvana last summer. whoa is that fucking whoa. weird <laughs> and you grew up here damn yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well how do you like, like rebelling it? against yeah. seattle you're like i'm not yeah. gonna listen to <laughs> nirvana <laughs> Grunge? absolutely not <laughs> it's a 
it's timeless, honestly. So you guys consider yourselves like a band, right? There's like a, it's a duo though. So yeah. do you only need two people to be in a in a band, or is it called? I don't know. I like to call us a band. Yeah, I something about duo. I'm always like, I don't know if I like to be. Duos feel weird. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have a weird vibe to them. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I would definitely call us a band. I feel like that just feels more fun. Um, but we do play with a live band when like if we can afford it <laughs> you know, we'll have a drummer and a bass player um but if not it'll a lot of times just be the two of us um playing to like live tracks that we've we've made and gotten ready so that's how we did our, our last tour karaoke. Was just the two of us. yeah extreme karaoke <laughs> is literally what it is <laughs> so how did you guys start going on tour in the first place like did you like get an agent and a manager or like was your first tour just like you guys because when i went on my first tour I I only needed I only spent like two thousand dollars, but like I budgeted and drove everywhere that I went, you know. But I don't know if it's different since you guys got success from your first few projects or what was that like? For it you guys? took us a really long time to be able to tour. We've been making music together since like twenty fifteen, right? I guess that's yeah when we first met. Um, we didn't yeah. really do it seriously. We know we were <laughs> we were like we a would... country band for a long yeah. time, and then about two and a half years ago, we became boyish. Um, and even like we've just oh, been we were called the Blue for uh, for a lot of years. Um, and then finished college, and both were like, mm, we don't like that, and we don't like the music we're making. So what are we doing? Um, and so we changed it, and it was just a lot of like playing locally and um. Just, I feel like we booked our own like sort of tours or Nicole, our manager, who's over there, kind of Shout out routed Nicole. like little mini tours for us. And we started doing that. Um, and then eventually, very recently, we got agents and that's been extremely helpful and yeah. they <laughs> help us book things. So for a while, you guys were like living in the same state, right? So Berkeley's in California, am I so wrong? Or is yeah, that it's Boston? In Boston. Boston? There is a Berkeley yeah, yeah. in California. You're right yeah. and wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys you were first starting out touring like in in boston yeah because like? we went to college there um and most of what we did actually towards the end of college was just going down to new york like over and over every weekend i think we spent all of our money on like mega bus tickets every weekend just to like, <laughs> like overnight mega bus tickets. horrible i would not ne- you cannot pay me enough to go back to that um but then from there we did we did new york we yeah. did shows in boston because we were there and then we did a couple shows in minnesota like your hometown yeah, my hometown so definitely just sticking to places where we knew people um then i think the first cities we played in that weren't those were chicago and nashville, nashville. and we did that last, last summer last, last summer, summer yeah, yeah it was the first time we'd ever played shows like sort of outside of our home state um which was very exciting <laughs> and so and you're you're originally from new york correct so what was that like touring in New York? Like, did you know like the venues we were going to, or there, as you were coming up, was it like smaller oh, yeah, venues? Definitely. Or? I think the first show we played ever in ugh, what was that venue? It was called? like the back room of some yeah. brewery out in Bushwick. Nicole, do you remember the name? Oh, no, that was maybe. the second one. There was one. There's one show we did at Rockwood, which I I knew that venue from growing up, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a midnight slot and you know, yeah, midnight on a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, okay, we're doing it. Um, and so I knew that venue and it's been nice to sort of play more and more venues there. Like the more successful we've gotten or the, you know, whatever, um, just like explore different venues that I used to go to growing up. We recently played at Music Hall of Williamsburg and that was, um, 
huge for me because I love that venue and I grew up going to that venue. So when you first toured, was it just friends going or did you have an audience that wanted to see oh, you? Oh, no. We had to it was beg my people, mom yeah. and her friends. And <laughs> like, we're like, please come. My <laughs> friends and Nicole's roommates who <laughs> were like, you need to be here. Yeah, yeah. So it started off a lot like that, like playing shows for maybe 10, 20 people. It was, yeah, no, we had no draw. And we At were all. literally like, we'll just give you the ticket. Just show up. Please, please you know? come. We'll, we'll buy it for you. <laughs> what did you guys, like, when did you start seeing, like, success show-wise? Like, I, I feel there's always, like, numbers-wise that come first because that's how people find you. But, like, when did you start seeing success? Like, more people were coming to your shows and it was, like, surprising to you guys. Honestly, not until last year, last maybe. Last year, yeah. I feel like um, before the pandemic, we had a lot of shows where we were, like, okay it's empty like it's fine yeah, you'd it's book a bill with like five other bands yeah. and then everyone would show up for the band they came for and then they'd leave you know and so it's just I've yeah. classic, classic. classic. <laughs> we didn't really play any shows for like a year probably right yeah because pandemic Cause of the pandemic um, and then the first was. couple shows we played um after the pandemic were when we saw people coming and who like knew the words to our songs and like were actually excited to be there. And that was very shocking. Yeah, and I'm still confused. not used to it. Like anytime people come to one of our shows, I'm like in shock genuinely every single time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you guys like try different tactics during the pandemic or was it just continuously releasing music? No, we definitely fully switched um, tactics for how we write how music write, and yeah. produce music. That was huge because we had released... Um, one of our albums, Garden Spider, like three weeks before the pandemic started, which was horrible. Um, <laughs> which was like the worst timing you could come up with. Which was just so bad. We, yeah, we dropped that. And the whole time we're like, oh, we're going to go play shows for this thing. Like, it'll be sick. We'll do this. And then it was like all of our plans got scrapped all at once. Um, so we're like, okay, I guess the only thing we can do is write. But like, what's the point of writing something and releasing it right now when we don't know when this thing will be over? So we decided to just like really slow it down and I think it helped also that we weren't in the same place for a long time because um I was in Minnesota at the time and you were still in New York you were in New York we played our last show March, March 13th, 13th 2020 and Claire was in New York staying at my mom's house and then March 14th yeah I got a call from my mom she's mom like, was like get out of here and I was <laughs> leave like, so, like, your families are pretty close at this yeah. point? Or? Oh, yeah. I feel like I've been at India's mom's house way too much. We're, like, <laughs> besties at this point. <laughs> my mom, like, go out to lunch. Yeah, we <laughs> love the lunch. It's hilarious. <laughs> Wait, so how many projects have you released during the pandemic? Then? It's like We did. Well, we did. Um, We're all going to die, but here's my contribution was our first one during the pandemic. That one came out. Um, God, I guess that was 2021. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then we did My Friend Mika. So just two. And then Garden Spider was right before then, you mm -hmm. know. And for the audience, who is, who is Mika for the audience? Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say, as our friend. <laughs> which is so stupid. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, they're our friend, Mika. <laughs> yeah, um, Mika is one of our friends from New York um, who is just one of my favorite people on earth. Is so just like authentically themselves. Um, and I think they were such an inspiration for me to start using they them pronouns mm -hmm. to feel like safe and accepted i think they're they've been such a role model for me so we we kind of dedicated this ep to them for just i don't know i think they really helped me out of my shell the past year so they mean the world to us <laughs> and do you guys both or do you, do you just use they them yes or i use like they them and yeah i use she or they really anything i'm cool with yeah <laughs> so minnesota isn't is it pretty like 
conservative there or what's it like there? It's a weird mix um, where typically the past couple of years it's voted liberal um, and the Twin Cities itself is like a super liberal place. But then as soon as you kind of get out of that metro area, you're like, hello, rednecks. You know, it's like <laughs> Trump country. Um, but while you're in Minneapolis or in St. Paul, it's a blast and people right. are really, really cool. Um, and I love it there. But I think it's definitely had its problems, especially with police brutality and George Floyd. Yeah. Um, the past couple of years has been really rough in Minneapolis. And I think they're going through a lot of changes. Um, but the good news is I feel like a lot of the people I know, they are very active and are very politically driven too, and are like showing up for their community, which I think is sick, but it's a weird place for that reason where it's like really, really cool in the cities. And then you leave and you're suddenly like, I'm a little afraid. <laughs> I feel like that's almost everywhere though. It's like so even true. Here in yeah. Seattle, like I, I tell, I say this almost every single episode on the podcast, but I live in the woods. Okay. Yeah. So, Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the closest city to me is like 15 minutes away from me. Right. So like, I'm just, it's about an hour outside of Seattle. And there, of course, there's like people that have just like vote for Trump still up in their yeah. fucking yard. And it's been like, how long? And you now they've I mean? moved on to Trump 2024. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> no. But we're like here in Seattle, it's very open-minded, but like, Right. I'm only an hour outside, even less, like I'm an hour outside of Seattle, but even less than an hour outside of Seattle. You start seeing that you stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, even upstate New York, too. As soon as you right. leave New York City, even New Jersey, too. Like right. just the surrounding Staten areas. Island. Staten <laughs> Island. Even, oh. even in New York City. South Brooklyn. Do you remember like Diker Heights and stuff? There was yeah. the little Trump signs. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what That's are you guys doing? Name, like, right? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what about you? Did you grow up in like New York City or? Mm-hmm. I grew up, um, in like Tribeca and then when I was like seven I moved to Brooklyn um and just grew up there my whole life and then went to college in Boston and moved right back (laughs) so are you like rough and tumble would you say no I grew up in a neighborhood (laughs) it's called Cobble Hill (laughs) (laughs) India scares me (laughs) I wouldn't say (laughs) I'm personally (laughs) 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 I feel like India doesn't take shit you know, it's like, just because my mom like, is scary. Like, I had to learn from her. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just in New York for the first time in May, and it was just wow. Not being from there, it's super inspiring. But it's also mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I'm using this right. The grass is always greener on the other yeah. side, right? So like, yeah, absolutely. I live here in Seattle, so I don't know why the fuck people come here for vacation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair. Right. So like, I might say. Um, New York's inspiring, but you live in there. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I actually love New York. Okay. Like, I've always loved it. It's one of my favorite places. And I think because I moved away for four years to Boston, which I didn't love, honestly. Like, it was a good mm. place to go to school, but I would never live there. What's it like? I've never been to Boston. It's very... um, kind of got a fratty feel. Yeah, in a definitely way. a fratty feel. A lot of, like, sports bars. There's, there's a ton like, of colleges too. There's, yeah. I mean, there's Harvard, there's like MIT, Northeastern, Boston College and University right there too. And then Berkeley, mm-hmm. like Emerson. There's like a million college kids yeah. in there at one time. <laughs> yeah. And I would say there's just like not a lot to do. Maybe I just didn't do enough in college, but I would say. Were you guys like, you guys weren't, are you guys nerds? Or like, were you guys wearing sororities or anything? Were you like oh, party no. people? Or oh, like, God. No. no. Well, Berkeley didn't have any. 
um, any Greek life Got it. at all. Mm-hmm. Though if it did, we probably still wouldn't <laughs> be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like most Berkeley parties were like house shows in people's basements out um, a little bit outside of Boston. Like all music related stuff. Yeah, it was There's a lot of like, So it always kind of felt like you were still at school because everyone's like, okay, now watch me play music. And you're like, <laughs> you know, like I will. Gone. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I don't want to I don't want to be butchering this, but there is a house show scene in Seattle mm-hmm. and a lot of people actually came up that way. Yeah, for pre- sure. Like big bands in Seattle. But from my understanding, from tech moving to Seattle, it's actually oh. made it so house the house show scene's gone away mm. because like uh, prices increase. Yeah. So people have to move farther outside of Seattle. So Sad. it's a uh, but you're saying you're saying the house show scene's pretty that's a that's a kind of a tongue twister house show scene okay would you say it was pretty prominent in in uh boston then for sure yeah, I would i'd say definitely. i think that was honestly the way we started out playing because we couldn't really book at these um venues in boston because they're always Again, like we had no yeah, draw. Like, how many people are you gonna bring out we're like none mm-hmm. like how many people are just randomly sitting at this bar that can listen to <laughs> us? Like, that's who we maybe got. three people <laughs> yeah. and they're all playing on stage with us <laughs> right but if people at school like knew that you were having a show with a bunch of these other bands it would be packed and these basements mm-hmm. would be packed and they were so fun to play mm-hmm. like we we love doing it mm-hmm. um and i think that was really important for our career starting out because we had like literally no other options right. <laughs> but was your was your come up different than other bands that you're playing with do you see like do you see your guys yourselves being farther ahead than other bands you're playing with or what was that like i don't know yeah, it's hard so- to sell uh sell it's hard to sell (laughs) it's really hard to tell because i don't i like don't know how to measure success in the music industry i feel like there's so many different facets and so many different areas within the music industry that people can be successful in so i have really no idea like where we measure up in comparison to other people doing what we're doing or even people not doing what we're doing but still being in music Mm. you know so it's very hard to tell like what success like means a lot of the berkeley bands we really love though are no longer together right which is a sad thing i feel like once graduation hit everyone kind of dispersed and they're all doing really cool things and right. is that even outside of covid probably or is that just because yeah. they were just together as friends during school i wonder i just like, wonder like how many people i think a lot of bands that started at berkeley and stuck with it are actually doing really well or doing mm-hmm. Like, I know there's a band at Berkeley called Lilacs that now does really cool stuff. And they live in L.A. and they do a lot of production and mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think of other ones. But there's none. There's none. <laughs> <laughs> I just that one came to mind. There's just boyish. And that's it. <laughs> Check them out. <laughs> no, I feel like I know a lot of people who are doing sort of what they want to be doing and are really happy and i don't know if like staying in a band was necessarily like the goal they yeah, had in mind too and i think it was like claire and i being like no like i want to be in a band forever like and band or nothing else sticking right. with that i'm not getting a job mom i'm <laughs> yeah. in a band <laughs> so like in your guys's bio you say something about like a professor or someone telling you guys to work together versus mm-hmm. doing like the competition or whatever you guys were in mm-hmm. so after getting that advice do you ever think about was it important to still go to school for music or do you think you guys would have had the same success just right some i guess i don't know if you guys would have met though you know what i, I mean? think about think this about i think about this all the time, the time. Yeah. this is my intrusive thought you go first <laughs> i i feel like it's interesting 
I feel like I have a lot of anxiety about age in the music industry. Yes, being dude, like, same. Being like, okay, I didn't make it by, you know, age 17. So that means I'm never going to, you know, reach the level of success. And I shouldn't have gone to college. However, I was not ready at all, like right yeah. out of high school. I didn't have the skill set. I didn't have any platform or knowledge or base (laughs) to sort of start music foundation that's the word i was Uh looking for um and if anything like i met claire at college and i learned even i didn't love berkeley unfortunately why is that um I think I just didn't do it right. I didn't. You were bullied, like, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was the tears horribly <laughs> bullied. No, I loved the people I met, and I loved a lot of the classes I took. I just think I picked the wrong thing to the study. Wrong major, yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, but I will say, I met you, and I got to play a lot of cool shows and learn a lot of stuff um, that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to elsewhere. So, I think I was there because I was supposed to be there. And I wouldn't be where I am today without being there. So I think I have had made my peace with that. <laughs> right. Heck yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. It's like, for me, I studied um, production and recording along with writing. And I don't feel like I got a ton out of the writing, but the production and the recording aspect of Berkeley was so important because we produce everything ourselves. And I think if I hadn't done that, I would have, I wouldn't know how mm-hmm. to produce anything. And I think that's such a game changer. Um, as far as how we want our music to sound. Because before, like when we first started writing songs and like trying to record them, we let other people take most of it and like just, they would mic it up. We'd be like, great, it's tracked. Like, mm. see ya. Um, that's production. Like, yeah, it's done. Like, oh, that's, how you, that's how you cut an album. You just sit there for 10 minutes and then you go home. You know? like, we're like, that's good enough. Um, but it's not, you know, so I think learning that and being able to do it on our own has been one of the most important steps in our career. Because otherwise, we would not sound anything like the way we sound <laughs> right now. I have a now. question for you right now, actually. Yeah. I had a um, shout out to Leah. She's from Seattle. She's a producer. Um, and she was telling me that, this was months ago, though, but like she's kind of been typecast when she tries to talk about being like a producer. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, if it's a girl producer, they're going to they're gonna just make, well, how do you make a girly beat or, or whatever <laughs> it is? Or however you identify, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like. Do you have you ever have have how have you dealt with like people trying to stereotype you when they look at you and being like you can't produce you know what yeah I, mean? I feel like India gets this way worse than I do because it's funny even when India and I do anything people will look at me and be like oh you're more masculine like we must direct everything to you mm. um, so I take a lot of that um, but a lot of I did a lot of internships in studios and i found one of the weirdest things that would happen is that i feel like i'm a naturally pretty like goofy stupid person um <laughs> but in those environments i would I'm say like, i'm naturally stupid, stupid. <laughs> and, yeah, literally like i just want to like hang out and have fun but in those environments i felt like i had to be like mm-hmm. like mean i was like i gotta be like chop 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 like, like constantly I know. like yes proving like that you know it, what you're doing it. yeah i'm like you need a cable like i'm there you need to plug this thing i'm you know i was busting my ass for it (laughs) i mean it it like wasn't i didn't feel like myself at all because i really felt like i had to be serious because if i goofed off people are like "Uh, idiot you know Mm -hmm. um and i've seen it happen to other um non-male interns that i've worked with before that if they like are kind of goofy or having fun that sometimes these guys that run the studios are like yeah they write them off they're like Mm -hmm. whatever like airhead or what whatever stupid shit they think but Mm -hmm. um 
Yeah, we found that a lot where they sound engineers, recording engineers, anyone will kind of like live sound, engineers. live sound, especially will not even address India with things and will come straight to really? me, mm-hmm. um, which has been really, really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, or we have this all the time, too, where guys will be like, oh, can we show you something that I that I worked on? And they'll only like ask me to go listen to it, and they don't ask India. And I'm like, <laughs> it's it's so sad because it's like you right. do realize like everything we do is together, and I think people somehow assume that I'm the one doing it all. And India, I don't know what they think you're doing, but it's it's really really frustrating. I think it really pisses us off. Yeah, break that down for us, India. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Tell us how, <laughs> tell us how you're really India. Oh, like the steam coming <laughs> No, I mean, I think it's interesting because you're not a man. Um, yeah. So you don't entirely have like that experience too, or like everything's super easy and like you mm-hmm. get everything. And um, But I will say like presenting more femininely, I definitely notice a difference in how I'm spoken to or um, yeah, just like the expectation of what my knowledge is or like my skill mm-hmm. level is way lower or people are like surprised that I've like programmed drums mm-hmm. or something. That's always it. It's like, oh, you you did the drums? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like it used to really bother me and I definitely felt like I always had to be on and be like, I have to show you that yeah, like yeah. I did this and I can do this. But I think right now I'm chilling. I'm like, if you don't want to like, show me your work that's fine like i'm good i'll work on my stuff and it'll be good and we can like make something awesome and it doesn't have to be necessarily like yeah i've sort of let go of the need to like really prove myself to certain people because if they were worth like i don't know anything that's extreme. <laughs> that's extreme. But they would sort of just like fuck them. Right? <laughs> Let's just say it together. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they would sort of recognize that or that. even like yeah. address me in certain situations, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Right. There, there's something to say about overcoming obstacles like that. But mm-hmm. going forward as this is, you know, this podcast is about helping creatives like mm-hmm. express themselves and inspire other creatives as well so what are some ways we can stop that from happening going forward do you think for other people or like some advice you'd have for people i would say that's a tricky question but i would say the thing that has helped me feel like most empowered in certain situations is honestly to have the vocabulary to Mm -hmm. talk about like what you want exactly because even if like it's over explaining you're showing people again that you like you know what you're talking about and you know what you want and you also know how to do it and so I feel like that sort of shifts the power a little bit in certain situations especially with live sound guys I feel like it's really hard to get them to take you seriously so I feel like if you know what you want and how to ask for it um, that helps a lot even if you don't want to produce yourself or anything if you're going into a studio to be like okay I have like a basic knowledge level of production and I'm gonna show you that I know what I want and I'm gonna like help you help me you know I feel like that was a big thing for me to be like okay I need to sort of know what I'm talking about and because it's important for me to know what I'm talking about to be able to get what I want in certain situations. 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 (laughs) But it's weird. I feel like even for me and my friends, um, 
live sound people are just fucking rude. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why are you all so they mean? They have a stick up their butt. They're mad about something. Oh why? Like, you chose this profession. Like, yes. Like, <laughs> no, they're pissed at nothing. All the time. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> so true. But I don't know. One time, so this is comedy related though, but one time I brought an XLR cord mm-hmm. and that just made the guy be super nice that I had the extra equipment with me. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then he wanted to help me out. But I'm also like, this is a venue. Shouldn't you have all this? Equipment? Yeah, like, if you don't have an XLR, like, what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's an interesting thing because being doing anything live is already scary enough. Mm-hmm. So the last thing yeah. you need is some live. Like, someone that, like <laughs> hates you. Like for God. what? Like why do you hate me? We got two minutes ago. Like, oh yeah, no, I I so feel that you're like, did I set down my shit in the wrong spot? You know, <laughs> like they're they're pissed. <laughs> so what is that? What is it? What about like so me going on tour right now? Well, there's two t- ways I've been on tour. I've been on tour as um, as a podcaster, mm-hmm. right? And that's just either renting studio space or just gathering all my gear. Yeah. So, like, I have gear at s- two different studios in Seattle. Um, occasionally in my trunk. I don't want to say all the way, all the yeah. time. In someone fucking- there's nothing in my car. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> and then like stuff at my Double house, look. right? So, right. like, I have equipment. Every- I could record a podcast anywhere at any time, right? So. There's having equipment there, and then there's there's comedy venues, which is pretty simple because you just need to like talk into a yeah, microphone, a couple mics or something. right? But what is it like going to? So I guess comedy and podcasting is kind of similar, especially because a lot of comedians have have podcasts yeah, as right. well. Mm-hmm. But going to different cities to perform music is that scary? Like, do you have to worry about like the live sound and all that, or like for sure? <laughs> it's hard because we've only done it like one time really um but even between the venues we were at this last tour it's some were like that sounded awesome some were like my monitors were completely blown out on stage mm-hmm. and i could not hear anything i think it's a lot harder for vocals mm-hmm. um to get a better mix in their floor monitors um because we're still using floor monitors instead of just straight in-ears in some of these smaller venues mm-hmm. um for me i'm like if i can hear my guitar and i can hear the track like that's fine mm-hmm. um but sometimes it's really hard to get these vocals to cut above what's happening and India's like kind of flying blind, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's just sort of expected at this point. I feel like until you can afford to bring your own sound engineer, you kind of just have to take what you get. I even realize people bring their own sound. Yeah, people oh have like goodness. someone to come and like set it up so it's the same every oh. night you perform, which sounds awesome. And they know like what parts of the songs this needs to happen at or like mm-hmm. boost vocals here, or, like throw guitar up here or whatever. You we know? met a band sick. who basically was like, yeah, things like don't improve until you can do that essentially which makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. to just have someone who's like okay i know what you need to hear in your monitor i know what it should sound like out there and it's going to be like that every time right um versus like someone different doing it in different spaces with different equipment every night like of course it's going to sound different so Mm -hmm. it's crazy do you guys know like what do you guys listen to you guys listen to bands more or what do you what is your definitely i feel mm, bands and like I guess artists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> artists. <The> different. <laughs> like Pablo Picasso, you listen to that. And painters, um, an architect. Um, we love like Phoebe Bridgers. We listen to a lot of Japanese Breakfast, um, Girl in Red, Muna. Oh, I know Girl um, in Red. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so for like a year, was that like a year? You guys it was about a apart? year. No, yeah. Was like seven uh, months. I flew. It's like nine months, right? March through no. December, we were. Yeah not living in the same place oh, yeah i thought you guys are just like separate this entire oh, that would be oh no so no hard. because there is new like applications that have come out that have made it possible to be in different right like, yeah. have you heard sure. of band lab or anything yes like that? yeah yeah where you can collaborate on the same yeah, yeah. session from far away there we that go <laughs> <laughs> i'm waiting for like logic and stuff to do that to be able to do i'm that, like why yeah. can't two people work on the same logic session that would yeah. be oh. or ableton like I don't google know docs you know like you could do that <laughs> That's right. That would make so much sense. each other notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This sucks. Delete. <laughs> so are you guys like roommates then? Or like how does... Yeah, we have kind of a crazy living situation. Ooh, mm-hmm. So it's us and then we're in a three-story apartment building with three apartments. And um, we and six other friends occupy the, the, top, two. the top two apartments. So Wait, it's like a friend's... There's multiple. It's like a townhouse? It's, it's like a brownstone yeah, like type. Brownstone. Yeah, yeah so, so there's a bottom floor apartment and then like a second floor apartment and a third, a third floor. floor apartment. And so four of our friends live upstairs and then two other people live downstairs with us. And but you know every, you know And everyone. we know everyone, yeah. yeah. We kind of stacked it so it'd be a content house. So like our manager, <laughs> shout out Nicole, <laughs> <laughs> lives shout right Nicole. upstairs. <laughs> Nicole lives upstairs. Um, one of our friends, Eli... Um, Eli Edwards did a ton of like photo shoots and did the superstar video, the what's his name video mm-hmm. and Howells, Howells as well. This yeah. guy like really pulled through for yeah. us. Yeah. Um, but he does a ton he of lives downstairs with us. Our makeup artist, um, Ali Sharp yeah. lives upstairs. <laughs> He's not our makeup artist, but we and we're, friend like, who time. happens to be a makeup artist. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. luckily. <laughs> yeah, we, we have it all kind of loaded in there. Another one of our roommates works at a touring agency. So it's been really nice to talk to him to be like, What's happening? <laughs> you guys are all really creative. So. Yeah, it's oh, been really, really it's fun. Been nice, yeah. And they're all moving with you to LA then, or what is that going to be? Not all of them. Oh, that's like a, a rough breakup. Part, but I, it really is really hard going to leave them. But um, five, well, six, seven of us. Oh my God, I just named up a bunch no. of And numbers. that's in New York, right, by the way? Or? That's in New York. Yeah, that was in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. And then um, five total are moving. No. Well, plus like six. Two more. Seven people total five six seven <laughs> you did the exact six people total six are people moving total are to la Thank and you, two people are staying behind and it's just because of the more opportunities in la or what is the reasoning behind it you know <laughs> no i think um it's just india's, on a whim india's actually so salty about like... leaving new york and it's like why would we ever there's nothing no um no there's a there's a ton of opportunities in la mm-hmm. um and i think like the producers out there, engineers, other creative people. Our label's based out of there. Okay, R&R. so you guys are part of a label. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We signed with them, I think, August mm-hmm. of 2021. Okay, mm-hmm. let's break down um, this real quick. So you, you have a manager, an agent, and a label. What was the order? Manager, manager label, agent. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're based out of there. Uh, just a lot of people are based out of LA right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Everyone says that's kind of where the scene's happening right now. And, and so we're kind of like, why would it? we not mm. seek it out? You know? Yeah. And lifestyle change. Yeah. And it's going to be a tour, especially from New York. I don't know what's, I, I don't have no drive. idea what it's like. Uh, Minnesota's like this. I can't, it's, I'm guessing it's definitely a Minnesota is like, <laughs> I think honestly, in some ways it's like closer to the lifestyle of Minnesota. Just the, the weather is completely different, <laughs> which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for a warm winter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'll take that. Um, but it's so different from New York, you know, 
just the public transportation change and everything. <laughs> you, well, you're, you're already Uber, I'm guessing, a lot, right? Oh, yeah, I Uber plenty. So. Oh, I Uber. <laughs> so you'll probably... We're gonna you guys I drive, drive at least. Claire yeah. can drive. I cannot drive. You can't drive in general? Like you don't have your license? No, I never needed to. Heck? I lived in <laughs> New York <laughs> and then I went to Boston and then I moved back to New York. I just never. Like you've driven a car at least once though. No, like never. <laughs> I've like drove around a parking lot maybe one time Ooh. five years ago and that's it. Dang. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting. India's great I at the know. electric scooter, though. I love <laughs> an electric scooter. <laughs> Me on the freeway. Like, yeah, you're like merging. <laughs> like, you, you need to, like, I guess you can Uber some parts of LA, but everything's so far it's apart. It's far apart. Too. It's going to yeah. run up the bank account. I, I will be carpooling with Claire. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh my God. I'm going to have to drive her everywhere. <laughs> yeah. well, that's, that's or learn cool, to drive eventually. Yeah. Probably. There Maybe. But then cars are expensive. Yeah. LA, like I think, <laughs> yeah, like when I was first in LA, it was already like $5 or something. Yeah. And this was it's last like year. It's seven right? now, right? I think probably. Yeah. probably yeah. Easily, What's it out easily. here? $5, right? Oh. So like when I was in LA, I was like, Seattle's never going to reach $5. And now we're at $5 and they're no. probably at like 7 or I think they're or actually at 7 almost $8 for gas. I can't remember where I was, but I was driving back from New York to Minnesota like two weeks ago. I yeah. was in the middle of nowhere and gas was like four seventy nine. I'm like, that's still expensive. <laughs> like, what honestly? is this? Yeah, I'm like, why the, the hell is it this high out here? You know? <laughs> at the beginning of the pandemic, it was like, like $2 near my house. It dropped down to under a dollar at one point in minnesota no i think it dropped to like 90 something cents and we were like you know you just like go it. for fun yeah you're like i might as well go fill up the car that's almost like an nft you can make yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was sick 90 cents. Dang. so that's cool you, i feel like you are going to build an audience in seattle right great we're a very open city and um we love bands you know i think yeah like, i love the music this is very random but i when i think of like bands for, for whatever reason i think of brockhampton yeah. <laughs> okay but like brockhampton was like huge and then before they broke up like they're in seattle like every other month it whoa seems, really like, you know what i mean so like w seattle's always looking for a band to like um to root for right i feel like and i am a fan of your guys' music now to be honest awesome <laughs> thank um, you i I, I, I like to say I'm a tastemaker, you know, but it takes yeah. time, oh, takes time, right? <laughs> but like after after even after like the first song I listened to, I was like, I need to have you guys on the podcast. And now I've listened to all five projects, singles, and everything. Oh, thank you. I, I would like to say my favorite single is Ghost. I don't oh, know. really? That, that's two Deep years ago though, Deep but I still oh. I still like. Oh, I added to my playlist. Even I was like, love mm. to hear it. Like, we gotta start playing that live again. Yeah, we it's oh, been a long that time. In so long really yeah because i feel like we have so much so we released ghost as the blue yeah that was so yeah in college yeah it just feels like a totally different thing than what we're doing now but i still love that song we just haven't played it in so long right mm -hmm. what is your guys's like each favorite singles they've released oh god this is hard like, i love legs maybe because mm -hmm. it's like newer but i love that one and i love congratulations yeah i feel and like Superstar. i love your best friend still um and yeah maybe legs yeah. legs off of this new new ep has been really fun especially to play live mm -hmm. and what about like would i feel like you guys are indie so with indie right mm -hmm. it's almost like general so you can almost make any sound 
You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. like, For like, sure. like you were saying, you guys started with like country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, do you guys know who Sales is? Or Sale? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like at any moment you can make a country song or a sound yeah, song that's yeah. like lo-fi, like Sale. Is it Sale mm-hmm. or Sale? I forget which one. But she's Sale. They're Maybe? very dope. They're like one of my favorite artists right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, right, right. That's what's so. Hmm. I think with my podcast because it's it's only been around for like three years, right? Right. Which is still a decent amount of that, time. Yeah, that's. But like, awesome. I've been able to like. Because I started off, trying to be open with types of artists and people that I'm not like boxed in, and with you guys, mm-hmm. I felt like you guys did the same thing, which is mm-hmm. really cool to see. Like mm-hmm. so sometimes, like. Like, I, don't, I can't, I don't have a specific example off the top of my head, but like if someone tries to go from like hip hop to like country, you're like, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, huge change. You're like, but like if you guys start off like open to most genres, then right. it's not like your your fans aren't going to be like turned off by that. Yeah, like, I never I really thought not. of it like that. That's a really good way to put it. I think it also helped that we like completely changed names mm. to when we switched yeah. genres. We were like, okay, we're just... The blue is dead. <laughs> We're not doing that anymore. Why was it the blue? Was it like some sad thing? The blue. Oh, why was it called the blue? Oh, you don't even. I don't even. Know. I think there's it was like your dad a lot came of up different with it. Versions of the story that have accumulated over the years. I remember talking about a bruise and it being like the black and the blue. Or yeah, something it, like that. And then we're like, we're like the blue. The blue. <laughs> and then what about boyish? Why, why are you boyish now? boyish um well we decided we needed to change names because mm. one we didn't like the blue and two it was impossible, impossible to find because it's just so like <laughs> did not exist anywhere. It, you just like can't <laughs> find yeah, it you google the blue and they're like why does the sky come up first yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and so nicole in addition to us we were like we need to change this and it took us so long um and there's a japanese breakfast song called boyish and one of the lyrics is um here we are we're just two losers and i was like you know what that feels right for this moment in time wow. um and so i suggested boyish and you hated it i hated it at first claire wanted to be miss jaguar which would have been so fun <laughs> I know, how hilarious it's like now that i think about now that looking like, back on that never. i was like that would have been a horrible decision horrible. we would have been very different but, but like, it could have been fun we're really torn up about it we're like are we boyish or are we miss jaguar for so long and the like, defense, please don't name yourself miss jaguar defense, a lot of the people we asked were really 50 50 <laughs> no that's actually not true yes it was. it was entirely boyish and you being like but miss jaguar i was yeah i was not so well because india like wanted to name it after japanese breakfast but like didn't tell me that Mm. i was like oh boyish because like (laughs) i look boyish i was like this is a read i'm about you (laughs) i was like (laughs) i was like no i was like i will not be commodified but um (laughs) 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 and then when she finally told me she's like no it's after this song i was like lit so that's what you guys connect over japanese breakfast breakfast love yeah love 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 have you seen him live though i actually um at we did a show at south by southwest where she was djing like right yes after us after our set after right after our set and got to like talk to her very briefly and then i got to see her at gov ball um this last time around and she's just amazing like her band is amazing she's amazing i love her that's all I can say. <laughs> like, That's all I can yeah. say. <laughs> I just love her. Hell, hell yeah. <laughs> well, you guys are great guests. I, I, I'm happy that we were able to do this. 
um, what is uh, what are your guys' goals with your music? Whoa, world domination. Yeah, no, we really <laughs> want to take over. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a hard question because I feel like I want to sound realistic with my goals, but I feel like the truth always comes out. It's just like I just yeah. want like the most I can possibly get from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if it's like where we are right now, I'm so happy. Like I love to be able to do this for my job and my life. And um, I want to tour more. I want to tour bigger venues. I want to and you will write more music <laughs> and. I'm like, I want a Grammy. I, I yeah, want to play like, Madison I, Square Garden. Yeah, I, I really like, want to play at Wembley. I, like, I feel like I have, yeah, these, these big goals, goals. Yeah. But I like, I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> like, I'll be honest with it. Like, I just want to make this thing as big as it can possibly get. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think takes. <laughs> I also really want to be like a queer staple. And I mm-hmm. think the most fulfilling thing about doing this has been reaching these young queer audiences um, I think that's so cool. Yeah. You know, like that mm-hmm. just feels like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, so you do want to like lead the, by example. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know if I'm the best example, <laughs> but like, I'm just, I'm just happy that they know that, you know, being who they are is so cool, you know? Yes. That's super exciting. So also for like artists that are still trying to make this a career, how long did it take you guys until you were able to quit whatever day jobs you guys did like, have? Literally last week. like i i was a nanny for like all of the pandemic and before that i worked at a school and before that you know i worked at a doggy daycare and just did a lot of like claire and i worked at a doggy daycare together Together. that was hilarious (laughs) we were like great here we are the band's going really well (laughs) um picking up literal poop it takes a really long time um and you just kind of I think I just sort of accepted it and like found something that worked for me like nannying was very like flexible and um I was able to like take time off to tour and do what I needed to do and then show up and I was really lucky with the family that I nannied for mm-hmm. um but yeah like literally last week I was like okay I'm done and that's been like six years or so fuck them kids yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're done Walk yourself to school. I'm not doing it. Bring yourself home. No, I will miss them terribly. Wink, right? Is yeah, right, right. <laughs> we but, hate you kids. <laughs> no, so it does take a long time, I would say. For but, sure, yeah. yeah. I was I was a nanny, too, up until June, uh, just part-time, because that just helps with the stability of it. You know, because some, yeah. some months you're like, yeah, we have some gigs. Some months you're like, what's happening? Yeah. Um, but my last job before that, I was working at this music store, and I got I got fired from it from taking too much time off to go gigging. <laughs> and after that, I was like, I'm I'm not gonna like get another like real job after this. I was like, I'm done. I'm gonna I'm like I'm gonna make this work no matter what. Um, which was really bold of me because it was really it was tough. It was tough, but luckily I had that nannying money for a little bit um, to carry me through. But yeah, up until June, it took forever to be able mm. to do this full time. Mm. There we go. Oh, I think one of the cameras died. <gasps> Fuck. Your camera died. Damn it. So <laughs> it said you're done. <laughs> this is the this is the one thing about the studio. We're still working out the bugs. Um, but like I said, you guys are a great guest. I'm happy they were able to come together and uh do this. So you can still speak. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I kinda like this being in like the void. You just hear me, you don't see me. Just just in in, in the void. Um 
<laughs> I guess, India, what is some advice that you have for up and coming artists, Ooh. creators, influencers? Okay. This is my advice. I <laughs> um, I would say be patient with yourself. Um, don't give up, really. I feel like as cliche and dumb as that is, like there are a lot of parts of this that can be really disheartening at times and it can feel really tiring and like you're not getting anywhere. But if you're putting in effort every day and you're working on your music, like, you're going to get somewhere. Yeah. Um, and it just takes time. That's it. And it's better to build something slowly then have something blow up overnight and then disappear. And that's like the biggest thing I've always told myself is like, I'm building my career so that it lasts longer. Um, and I would say that's, that's my advice is just be patient with yourself and work. <laughs> so sound like Kim Kardashian. No one wants to work anymore. Work. work hard. <laughs> like, but truly just like dedicate every day to doing something for, you know, a goal you're working towards um, and be nice to yourself. Yeah, mm -hmm. see, it's already it's already been seven seven years now, or close to it. Six, oh God. six yeah, years, probably seven years since seven we met. Years since we met. See, overnight success that. is like ten years or something, whatever. People. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no such thing. As, I mean, I'm sure there is such a thing as overnight success, but not here. <laughs> now we're here in Seattle. <laughs> you, know, you guys are doing a you guys are doing a festival in Seattle. Yeah, you know, like not not everyone can say that on the camera. There right now, not everyone can can <laughs> say that. Once again, we will figure out this camera situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, not everyone can say that, that they're able to perform in Seattle at Capitol Hill Block Party. There's so many Seattle artists that have been making music for a decade plus that would die to be part of this. You know what I yeah. mean? So you're taking Shit. their opportunity. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like, so actually, you should go home. <laughs> no, but like, you, you guys are you're obviously- ruining the local <laughs> music scene, so I hope you're happy. First it was the tech people, and now it's you, fuck. Hope you're real happy with yourself. This is why there aren't any house shows. Uh, because of you. Capitol Hill. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> go stream boyish. <laughs> They're ruining- Seattle's music scene. <laughs> I'm I'm a fan, honestly. I, I am. Um, I liked your guys' interviews. Um, I'm happy you've done enough that we didn't have to like cover your entire background. You know, mm -hmm. we could just talk about. Yeah, that's been fun. Yeah, you know. So thank you guys very much. Um, thanks for dealing with all this tech shit. <laughs> and um, yeah, this has been <laughs> the NAS Pod. We got Claire over here, but hello um, from the void. This is uh, live from the void. The NAS Podcast with. <laughs> I'm India, and uh, we're boyish. Yeah. <laughs> and Claire's over there. And I'm in the void. And we did it.